Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bowl Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Athletic Greens. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. Oh, yes. Oh, I was so ready for this one. <laughs> Let's go, Jake. You know, Let's I'm, go. I'm, Come not, on. I'm not lying. The clock was the clock was at four forty five yesterday evening. I'm taking a drive to go pick up in and out for myself and for my wife so that we can dine on that for the Chargers Dolphins game. And I'm not joking. As I was leaving the house, maybe about three minutes afterwards, I'm on the road and I'm talking to myself in the car and I said, You know what? The football gods are not very nice to the Chargers traditionally, but maybe some God will. And I asked him, I said, we don't have to win another game this entire year. At least give me this game. Give me this game. And traditionally, the Chargers every year have one game that comes out of left field where nobody's picking them to win. Their injury list is God knows how long. And then they are able to put forth a performance much like in the way that they did last night against the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> and this is the, it goes hand in hand because you get to celebrate some great coaching, some great play from your quarterback, some great defense. <laughs> the only thing that's inconsistent, the only thing that's consistent about the Chargers is inconsistency. It's just like you look at last night and you're like, oh my God, where has this type of game planning? So we got a big show, obviously, today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of people to talk to. Dan and I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, I was tweeting about my thoughts on Brandon Staley saying that it was his best coaching or one of his best coaching jobs that he has done in the last two years, and I will definitely elaborate on that. Dan Wolkenstein, you were there. You were live. Explain the atmosphere. Explain the environment. And obviously, the Chargers coming away with a 23-17 to victory over the Miami Dolphins. How about that for a social media quarterback? Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, if you ask me. Chargers roll 23-17. And honestly, it shouldn't have even been that close. Arguably the most dominant defensive performance I have seen from a Chargers team, period. Hard stop, which we'll get into in a bit. Uh, Brandon Staley coached his ass off. Incredible. Mike Williams back. Looked great as advertised. Amazing what happens when you get your top two receivers back, which has only been the case going into this game for 5% of the entire season. Those two have played together. Corey Lindsley is back at his center. Uh, notice the difference there. No Derwin, no problem. Chargers defense looked great. Holding this two attack of Iloa offense to basically nothing, which we'll get into. Lots of folks eating crow, lots of receipts being read, lots of apologies being thrown out there from folks on the east side. Let's kind of go into it, Jake. I think it's kind of ironic that 
the social media, the guy who started his whole social media feud issued his apology to Chargers Twitter on Twitter. Social media analyst apologizes about the social media quarterback on social media. My, how the tables have turned. Pot calling the kettle black. He issues a three-point apology. Promises not to talk about social media quarterback. Not to talk about the Justin Herbert versus Tua debate at all until the close of the regular season. Which, whatever. <laughs> but, I think for Chargers fans, and I'll kind of set the stage here, Jake. I think what last night gave Chargers fans was... Chargers fans have never questioned if they got the right guy as their quarterback. Bengals fans have never questioned if they got the right guy. Dolphins fans, for two years, have done that all the time. Two was doing great this year. No qualms about that. That fan base and folks who have been backers of Tua have gone ballistic and way over their skis talking about Tua having a great year and going further than just Tua having a great year but bashing others. Then last night happens. Tua goes, I mean, that may have been the worst performance I have seen from Tua to date. 10 of 28 for 145 yards and a touchdown. And that's even being generous because that's not even really the case. And Justin Herbert on the other side, 39 for 51, 367 touchdown and just balls of steel all night long. There is no question who the better quarterback is. There is no question who the better statistics-wise, eye test, talent-wise, you name it. There is no question. Tua is a great quarterback. Very good quarterback. No one can say otherwise. They really can't. But this whole debate, it's completely put to rest, and it could not have been slammed shut faster and harder than we saw. Like, this game literally put the Dolphins fan base into a frenzy where they are now flipping back on it questioning if they have their quarterback or not as a Chargers fan you know you somewhat feel vindicated you somewhat feel like I told you party wants to kind of poke and prod the, the folks over Miami but it's not about that we knew who our guy was we were ride or die with Justin Herbert from the beginning and let them figure it out they don't know what's going on with this team they don't know how injured this team has been and look what the hell the Chargers just did prime time, Jake. No Sebastian Joseph Day. No Derwin James. No Bryce Callahan. No entire defensive line, essentially, aside from Khalil Mack and Kyle Van Noy, quote unquote. No left tackle. No right tackle. No JC Jackson. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. And the Chargers defense held the Miami offense with Jalen Waddell. Tua Tagovailoa, Mike Kosecki, and Tyreek Hill to 17 points, which that in and of itself, pretty damn good. But then when you, if you were to tell me that includes a 50-whatever, 60-yard fluke fumble scoop and score by Tyreek Hill, which is ridiculous, includes one 50-plus-yard catch and run from Tyreek Hill where Michael Davis falls, and then a 55-yard field goal, and that's how that de- that's how the opposing team scores 17 points. Dominant performance, statement win for not just 
Justin Herbert, not just the players, but this coaching staff. You saw Brandon Staley go all out, and you saw his emotions radiating. And the whole team played together. They played connected. And I was so excited to come on to this show, Jake, because you and I talked about it prior to the game. You weren't feeling good. And you had told me prior to the game, if the Chargers find a way to win this game, I will send you a video <laughs> apologizing, saying how wrong I was. It is now Monday afternoon. I still have not received such video. I have, I have apologized. The difference was it was about 1030 at night when <laughs> you and I were communicating. And <laughs> let's just say I wasn't in the mood to make a video at that point in time. But I did apologize. I did apologize. But, you know, Dan, let's contextualize this just a little bit. I mean, look, the, the tea leaves were just not in the Chargers' favor leading up to this game. We heard about the oh, injuries to Derwin. We, we heard about the injuries to Bryce Callahan, Sebastian Joseph Day, who's already part of an interior defensive line group that has lost Austin Johnson, Christian Covington, Tito Ogbeniba. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And here came... The highest quarterback, as far as quarterback rating goes, one of the most efficient offenses, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki. And following everything that I have criticized Brandon Staley for this season, his lack, of, lack thereof to adapt to certain in-game scenarios, whether it's a week-by-week -week basis, whether it's one half to the other, he just always seems to just say, look, this is the way that I'm going to construct my game plan, and we're going to hope for different results as long as we go out and execute. Before we get into my elaboration on my tweet as far as this being the best coaching or one of the best coaching jobs that I have seen from Brandon Staley in the last two years. It might be the best, but go on. Take a wager on that, but Dan... Let's talk some odds. You always love throwing out the odds to me. So give me give me some odds first before we proceed with the rest of the show. Uh let's see. Over or under. Let's see. Chargers, how many have how many games left? They've got it's four, uh, it's four. Seven and six, thirteen, fourteen. Five games left. Five games. Four games left. Four games. Yeah. Four, games. Four, games. Four, games left. four games left. Over or under. Two and a half wins. Two and a half? Two and a half. Over, under, two and a half. You know, normally you don't see me the, be being this optimistic, but I'm going to say the over. I'm going to say You're the going over. over. I'm you got the Chargers going at least three and one to end the season at well, at least look, 10 and seven. You have the Titans coming up this week. I don't I, give a damn. I'm just saying. I, I, Titans, know, I know. Colts, I know. Rams, I, I'm Broncos. just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, we were just talking about you talking about them going 0-2, missing the playoffs. I want the draft pick. I want the capital. Fire Lombardi. Fire. I, well, hang on a second. I, I, oh, I never oh, said anything about oh, this. Feels I, so good. I, this feels so good. I don't know why you're coming at me with all this. I never said anything about <laughs> oh, draft pick or anything like that. I, You were simply saying we are this close to talking about the draft on this show, I believe, last week. <laughs> and I said, yes. We literally are because we were both sitting here after the Raiders game and talking about how the Chargers playoff hopes were hanging on by the proverbial thinnest thread and they needed to get their act together. And thankfully they did. So I will say 
over two and a half with an asterisk if this game that we saw from Brandon Staley was the stepping stone to what you can do for these final weeks of the season, and that could lead you to a playoff berth, by all means, I would love to see that. But to Dan's point, this was supposed to be a nice little segue into bet online, and it kind of took. I've answered your feelings. I know. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got me a little bit off track. We just want to remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contest and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Make sure you head on over to betonline.ag and join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Jake, we got a new sponsor for the show, which we're going to be talking about in a bit. But I will say, Athletic Greens, if you have not tried that, if you have not done it, I highly recommend, we'll be talking about them in a bit, but go check out Athletic Greens, AG1, that stuff works like a charm. Jake, all right, so let's get into it, okay? Chargers offense starts the game off pretty darn good, gets all the way down to the red zone, doesn't convert on fourth and goal, gut punch. 15, 15 play drive to come away with zero points when you're down that far in the red zone. You have to score. Luckily, luckily, this Chargers defense came to play. And we're talking about guys like Jazir Taylor. We're talking about Alohi Gilman, Kenneth Murray, Kyle Van Noy, Morgan Fox, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael freaking Davis. These guys came out with their hair on fire. Drew Tranquil, have a day. Jazir Taylor, have a day. Mike Davis, this might be the best game he's had. The only play he really gave up was when he fell, tripped. That defense, I think, forced three straight three and outs to start this game. So four, even though, four punts on five possessions. So even though the offense sputtered a little bit at the beginning, got zero points, the defense carried them, carried them while they got ready. Then Chargers go back. They get a field goal, go up 3 nothing. They get a huge drive to go up 10 nothing. Then what the hell, of course... Somehow, ball squirts out of a rugby pile after, I believe it was, Drew Tranquil or Nick Neiman forces a fumble. Or Lohi Gilman. It was a Lohi Gilman. Yeah, Lohi Gilman. Of course. Of course. It goes to the fastest man on the field who's just sitting there having a tea party. Runs it all the way in for the end zone. And the Chargers defense has done as good as you can do. And now finds himself only up three when the other team has done absolutely nothing. Now... This moment, I was there at SoFi, which, by the way, SoFi was electric last night. It was incredible. Nothing like primetime SoFi. So much fun. And the energy there was palpable. It was an incredible experience. But you felt it. As soon as that happened, the entire stadium was like, here we go. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm sure everyone watching, everyone listening had a part of that feeling like, oh, seriously? Jake, when that happened, when you saw that happen, what went through your mind? I had to explain to my wife exactly what happened. (laughs) And then when I talked to her about just the unfortunate events that happened to befall this team year in and year out, she's like, well, why do you root for him? (laughs) And I told her, I said, because I'm I'm a loyal Chargers follower. 
these are the type this is this is the document that, that you sign metaphorically in your head when you you know obviously when you become a fan of this team this team makes me drink too much exactly it's hard <laughs> being a chargers fan i consume alcohol end of quote <laughs> but when, when that happened like were you were you thinking well it, Here we go. That that just seemed like one of the things that always <laughs> seems to happen to this team. We're so numb to this stuff. To this team. It's like, <laughs> of course it happens. Of course it happens. Now, many Chargers teams, many Chargers fans would have watched the team go out, three and out, give it right back to them, let go. Chargers get the ball back. And what do you know? Right down the field. They take up like five minutes or everything, three minutes or so. And at the end of it, they decide they get down to the goal line, Jake. Fourth and goal, which again, I'm skipping the God mode Justin Herbert performance, which you could talk about for an entirely entire new episode. Like he was that good. Keenan Allen. Back to being Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, back to being Mike Williams. You had Austin Eckler doing Austin Eckler things. Joshua Kelly, hello. Corey Lindsley, you had aggression. You actually, and one of the things I loved most about this offense so far in this game was you saw so many, so much creativity and ways to move the playground, move the launch point for Justin Herbert and allow him to play. Allow him to play. Chargers go all the way down the field right before halftime, score a touchdown on fourth and goal, ram it down their throats on an Austin Eckler run, up 10, going in a half. Now, everyone knows third quarter is where the money's made. Everyone knows. Or and, that sta- and that stadium knows. That's, that stadium knew. And wouldn't you know, Jake, rears his ugly head again. Punt. 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 And you're watching Miami then get a fluke touchdown off of a stupid tackle himself play by Michael Davis where he basically tripped over Jalen Waddle's leg. And all of a sudden, Chargers only up three. And you're like, well, here we go. Chargers come back. Finally, somehow, finally. They got three points in the third quarter. Chargers up six. <sighs> And then about 11 plus left in the fourth quarter. Chargers are up six with the ball. Season defining, game defining, possibly career defining for some of these coaches, some of these younger players. Justin Herbert marches right down the field, takes up, I think it was like six, seven minutes, finds a way, gets up. Nine points with a chip shot field goal. Chargers go on to win it after a little bit of a... <laughs> got a little nervous there with an onside kick. But of course, they give up a 55-yard field goal. Like, that's how they got their points. Chargers come out with the victory. And that may have been the most emotion you've seen from Justin Herbert. Top three. I'll say top three. But Brandon Staley? Absolutely. Do you think that they heard... All the talk happening, they'll say they didn't care. Well, it's exactly what Chris. Coll- I think Tariko asked Collinsworth that very question on the broadcast, and Collinsworth's response was literally the same as yours, Dan. They won't say that publicly in the media, but he said he's like, "You damn well should believe that." That in private, 
they know what they know what's going on. They know what's being said about them. They go check go check out Sebastian Joseph Day's Twitter. I mean, not just for <laughs> not, not just from the standpoint that literally you could have called last week's game against the Raiders a must win situation. The Chargers didn't come away with it. I, absolutely, this had to be some way, shape, or form a win for the Chargers, and they did it in very stunning fashion and keep their playoff hopes alive. So, if that wasn't enough to make you understand how big this game was. Now add in everything else to it. You took the number one the quarterback as far as QBR, efficiency, all the stats that Tua has led the league in this year, and you literally flipped that on its head. And Justin Herbert goes off for a career-high 39 completions. Talk about efficiency. Talk about, more importantly, Dan, a game plan developed by Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi that is not hanging Justin Herbert out to dry. Not having him take these five, seven-step drops Mm. and just getting pancaked, which, by the way, Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins were still dominating this offensive line. Respectfully, from both, both of your tackles, your left and your right, you gave up 10 pressures on this game. Christian Wilkins was an absolute monster. In the first quarter, Jalen Phillips was there in Herbert's face every chance he could make it. And he started anticipating the bootlegs that Justin Herbert was running outside and around. So the offensive line wasn't really doing Justin Herbert any favors because even the passes that he was completing, they were still in his face. I did like though. I don't know if you caught this, but with some of those rollouts and bootlegs, what the Chargers did, which I thought was genius, was they started using motion pre and post snap and allowing Trey McKitty, allowing some of the folks to go out on the edge and help block at the end of them, where normally it'd be a blind side, where all of a sudden Justin Herbert turns around and bam, he's right there. You had Trey McKitty kind of going out there just to make sure, just to make sure to max protect. That wasn't happening before. The plays alone weren't happening before. Clever. Clever. I, th- I think just in as as impressed as I was with the game plan last night that Staley drew up, it, it was it almost just because it was like a catch twenty two. Because I thought to myself, why did we have to get to this point in order to start executing a game plan like this? You know, yeah, you what know happened? you haven't had Rashawn Slater since week three. You know you haven't had Trey Pip- Trey Pipkins has been in and out of this lineup, missed a few missed a few games. And you put in Foster Sorrell, who obviously, you know, ad- admirable job, but still, it's it's a step below what Trey Pipkins has been able to put out there for you on the field. He's no, and, he's no Trey Pipkins, but he's no Storm Norton. And finally, here came this game plan for Justin Herbert to do what Tom Brady, for example, has done to the Chargers plenty of times. To negate a pass rush, it's ball, gone, ball, gone, ball, gone. And however you want to mix it up, whether you're adding run plays here or there, occasionally you're going to take the deep shot, which Justin did. You were able to mix up an offense that could confuse this Miami defense. And you did it in such a way that you kept your quarterback, for the most part, upright. You were able to matriculate down the field, put together 15-play drives. Dan, you mentioned that last drive that was at the end of the game that basically took eight minutes off the cool. clock. It was a beautiful drive. Uh. Should have still ended in seven, but still, you got points out of it, which is all, all that mattered. And that is the type of... And, and Well, finally, putting Justin Herbert in the position where he is most lethal, Dan, 
when he was outside of the pocket, 10 of 11 for 147 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it, we've seen this from Justin Herbert. It's like the flip side of everything to the Raiders game last last week. I think he only rolled out on bootlegs, I think, five times. I don't remember exactly what his completions were, but it's just like this is he has the ability to do these things on the run. How do you explain rolling out to your right and then just launching a 50-yard bomb to the opposite side of the field and Mike Williams comes up with a great catch? It's just insane. It's just insane. Hang on. Let me me just elaborate because this goes into my Brandon Staley coaching scenario. And then, Dan, on the defensive side of the ball, six starters not playing in this game. That's not even including the guys that you have from a depth standpoint that you have lost over the last several weeks, especially on the interior of the defensive line. And you devised a game plan to take away the middle of the field, which Tua has thrived in this year. You play a combination of press man, cover two, cover six. Physical. Physical. You took a little bit of what San Francisco did and you just played with a little bit more balls and aggressive and as you mentioned it physicality and you jam these wide receivers at the line they tried going over the top of you through times the first pass to a through was he was testing out alohi gilman alohi gilman comes up with a great pass breakup to start the game michael davis aside from the the play that he fell down on was just blanketing players you go back to some of those replays where you're looking at the the back of the the view from uh, field and tour, and all these receivers are covered. The coverage that the linebackers were dropping in, again, taking away that middle of the field. They just basically said, I mean, and how many times have we, has the Chargers, not, not just this season, but different seasons in the past and under different coaching regimes, how many times have we said, like, God, we just get murdered by these tight ends because they just come over the middle and they just destroy us because something's always open there because of a zone defense that this Chargers team, for some reason, likes to play a good majority of the time. And you come out and you play a great combination of press, cover two, cover six, and you were able to have Tua go one for nine on passes that were 30 or more plus yards down the field, the only one being the one that he completed to Tyree Kill, and held him to a quarterback rating that was his lowest of his career, including college. I mean... And as people have said, this is with the JV squad, essentially, of the Chargers defense. Jake, other than other than the 60-yard catch by Tyreek Hill, again, Michael Davis fell. Tyreek Hill, three receptions for 21 yards. Jalen Waddell, two receptions, 31 yards. Mike Gusecki, zero receptions, zero yards on two targets. Collinsworth was even, even said it in the fourth quarter, I think, when, when Waddle got one of his catches. He's like, I had forgotten that Waddle was even playing in this game <laughs> because he was essentially just taken out of it. He was a non-factor. But- and, they, and, and they did it, and they did it with backups, which was like the most impressive part of this entire thing was this wasn't with the healthy squad. If they did that with Derwin and JC Jackson and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and like all those all those cats all combined. You know, Bryce Callahan's still charming. Like, okay, like, this is us. This is what we expect. You did that with those guys against that offense for that long, and you didn't let up. Like, talk about a week to pump your chest. Yes. If you are Brandon Staley, and hell, for now, Ronaldo Hill, both of those guys are keeping receipts for a while. 
on this one. Now, again, it's one game. I get it. And there are some negatives, which we'll talk about. <clears throat> Joe Lombardi. <laughs> some play calling. But, but, how can you not come away with that feeling a little bullish? At least a little bullish. A little optimistic. A little hopeful. Compared to a week ago. This well, time a week ago, this whole fan base seemingly was dead to rights. On to 2023. Yeah, what did I tell you about winning? Winning is the condiment that could make even a feces-covered burger taste good. It, that's what, I mean... This Polish w- a turd, it's still a turd. I mean, and this burger, believe me or not, was covered in the winning condiment. That is for certain. So... It, and you just you make the point again. Should Charger fans feel optimistic? Damn right, damn right. Uh, say it, Jake. You're 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 not necessarily. I mean, you're, again, your playoff chances have definitely increased. We still got four games to go, so we have we have seen this situation before. Currently, you're in the seventh. Let's build off of this to change that result. And I I I, I again I go back to this. This was an example of. What I have criticized Staley for this entire year and him actually answering the bell. You mentioned it, Dan. The Chargers did that with that defense. Chargers did that with a makeshift offensive line. Yes, they had some of their guys back, and obviously that was a big reason for it. Third string practice squad right tackle. Right. Rookie left tackle. My point here is, Dan, is that I've always said the good coaches – are able to overcome those deficits. The, if you game plan correctly, you are able to overcome those deficits. You are able to overcome the injury deficits in certain respects. And against an offense like that, that has Tua playing at the caliber that he has been playing this season, that can that has Tyreek Hill, who has just likes to continue to embarrass the Chargers in one way or another with his, some of his highlight reel plays, to have that and then to still come away with a victory in the fashion that you did it Dan that is what I have been waiting to see from Brandon Staley this year and it finally happened now the only question is can you take this and can you build upon that knowing that you're going to get a handful of guys back next week you look a couple more weeks down the line, you may get a couple more back. And can you string together a number of wins to close out this season with this same formula and get yourself to a playoff berth? I mean, for as much as people want to criticize Joe Lombardi, which I'm, I'm not even going to bury the lead, uh, I still am unsatisfied. Same here. Understatement with this offense considering how like how good Justin Herbert was and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen like for how good this offense was to struggle it seemed to score 23 points unacceptable like they had 40 minutes of possession compared to 20 minutes for the Dolphins I think they went 9 of 18 on third down for this offense you went what Total yards, total plays, 78 plays for the Chargers, 49 for the Dolphins. Like, you churn through that. 
game. 350 yards passing for the Chargers, a buck 27. Again, 60 of those, Jake, came on one play. Take that one play out, 67 yards passing for one two attack of Iowa. Right. But you only score 23 points with that performance. Like, it's hard to throw for 370 yards and just have one touchdown. And there's a lot of reasons for that. We're not going to rain on parades, but the offense still needs to improve. Like, they got to push through. And the red zone, red zone is an issue. You can't go two for six. You just can't. No, I, I, Popper was actually the one that tweeted it out. On the first drive, you have four plays essentially inside the 10, and not one of them is thrown to Mike Williams. Or Keenan Allen. So what are you, what are you drawing up? I mean, we heard Brandon Staley in his post-game interview. I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. The first play was, was it out to Keenan Allen. I'm sorry. It was like a kind of a fade kind of thing. So you heard Brandon Staley in his post-game interview when they asked about the red zone struggles. He obviously didn't consider the game flawless as much as he was lauding the team for putting together as complete of a win as that was. Definitely wasn't happy with the red zone, and he shouldn't be, and neither should anybody else. You come away with a 15-play drive like that for your first offensive possession of the game, and you come up empty that way? I mean, I get it from a standpoint of what you're trying to do, but you got to come away with points one way or the other. You really do you like do. the call? Do you like the call? To go for it on fourth? Call to go for it. I didn't. I, 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 in Honestly, that particular no. time, your drive was too good. I would have wanted yeah. to just get points. Honestly, get no. Points. And, it, and, it, and I'm sure because you failed on the first one, I'm sure everybody was just holding their collective breath on the second one with Austin Eckler when he eventually <laughs> got in the end zone. Oh, yeah. But, Dan, even, even the play during the last drive of the Chargers game, where all of a sudden Lombardi thinks that this is a great time to bring out the Wildcat play. Justin Herbert goes out wide, and it's a direct snap to Austin Eckler. I Kelly. loved it, and it ended up going for ten yards. I mean, obviously, I was just like, I'm like, I'm like, no, don't do this. Like, st- I mean, your quarterback is killing it for you right now, <laughs> and this is the time that you are gonna try to get fancy and take out a trick play of, the, of your of your book. Like, what the hell? And then, of course, it ends up going for, you know, 10 yards in the first down, what have you. But still, Lombardi in the third quarter has to get better. This team will not make the playoffs, nor will it, if it does, go far in the playoffs. If you cannot figure out your third quarter offensive problems, you just total can't. Of six, total of six points they've scored in five games in the third quarter it's it's unreal to me the efficiency that you can have from 15 play drives from scoring right before halftime to just absolutely laying an egg going flat you come out you should have all the momentum in the world you get the ball back right after you just scored to go into halftime and then offense sputters offense sputters for one reason or another but you have these mental mistakes, not just from a play calling standpoint, but I even thought that the illegal snap that was on Corey Lindsley was very, very ticky tack. But like, okay, this is what we're calling here. Okay, got it. Whatever. Outside of that, Justin Herbert can, we've all know that this team is going to go as far as Justin Herbert can. Essentially, he's going to have to play Superman, even with all of his guys back. Real quick, Jake, before before we get to Superman, because this is going to be a fun one, let's talk about our friends over Athletic Greens. 
New sponsors of the show, Athletic Greens, have a new product called AG1. I think it's like 75 plus minerals. Basically, stir this thing into a water glass and you take it. Basically, supplements for all the other stuff that you normally would take with all your vitamins and minerals. Um, Jake, I don't know about you. I have had it literally every day since we got it, except one day. And I felt terrible that one day. Now, call it a coincidence. I don't know. But this stuff actually works. And all your vitamins and minerals, Jake, let's talk about Athletic Greens and AG1. So literally, I started taking AG1. Well, Dan and I actually both started taking AG1 uh, probably about a month ago. And for me, I knew it was going to benefit me because you know I, I like going to the gym regularly. I like keeping myself healthy. But I am not the best when it comes to my diet, especially when it comes to consuming vegetables. Um, <laughs> You know, what, I know. <laughs> what what can I say? That is the way I have been brought up since a kid, and that's just the way it went for me. So, when you can take a product like Athletic Greens in terms of getting these vegetable supplements, as Dan mentioned, the amount of minerals that is in this product, and the taste, mind you, does not taste like a big bag of kale. It actually tastes pretty damn good. So, yes. uh, if you are out there and you are ha- wanting better energy, better gut health for someone like me who's pushing 40 definitely need to do that so um as dan mentioned athletic greens our newest sponsor go out give it a shot if you have not done it already to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chargers unleashed and again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Chargers Unleashed to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jake, I'm telling you, like literally, I am the guy who still takes like gummy vitamins. Oh, like, you do that? That's the most I could do. <laughs> so, so I take calcium oh, yeah. vitamins. I'll do I take, that. I'll sometimes I'll take some vitamin D. I, I'm, getting to, I'm getting to that point where, you know, my... In my bathroom, I've got like ten pill bottles because I need to take them. My calcium, my calcium them, pills, my biotin people. pills, my D three, God knows what else. But the, the thing I like about it, though, honestly, is I don't have to worry about all these stupid pills and put them all in the thing. I literally have this one little either packet if you have the daily things or just one scoop of this. Put in a water or your favorite juice. Stir it up in the morning, first thing in the morning with some ice. Good to go. Like, good to go. Literally, it's part of my morning routine now. And uh, highly recommend, again, athleticgreens.com slash Chargers Unleashed. Go, go check out AG1. Get some free stuff. Tell them Chargers Unleashed sent you. Jake. Now all they have to do is develop a supplement for frustrated Charger fans. Oh, it would sell. That would help. It, it would sell like hotcakes. Jake, so... <sighs> Justin Herbert. Justin Superman wearing the cape. Put the team on your back, Herbert. This meant something to him, and you saw it in the post game prep. You saw the post game speeches and stuff. Saw we saw him saw on the field with the fist bumps, the point in the first downs that play to Keenan Allen where they're pointing at each other. You saw it after the game when Staley is given his game balls and Justin Herbert walks in immediately and spikes the ball or spikes whatever it was that he had. You heard it a pe- post game, Jake. There was I was driving home. There was an interview they had with Matt Money Smith. Uh, Brandon Staley and Daniel Jeremiah. And they were asking basically Brandon Staley, like, you know, how, like, do you guys hear about this stuff? And I'm paraphrasing here. 
But he basically was asking, like, do you know, do you hear all the outside noise? Like, can you believe some of the talk that we've heard about Justin Herbert? And this is probably the most, like, bullish and the most supportive and, like, brazen I've heard Brandon Staley talk about Justin Herbert, where he's saying things like, what the hell are you looking at? Like, do they not understand that his offense has ha- has been decimated, that he has not had his guys, and he's the only constant on this entire team? Do they not understand that he's arguably the best quarterback that we've seen in generations? Like, I don't know what people are looking at, but, like, I'm glad he's on my team. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but he was essentially saying, like, y'all are crazy if you really think that Justin Herbert isn't that dude. Throwing around terms like gangster and all that kind of stuff. But I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that said this before, Jake, was you got trucks and you got trailers on your team. Trucks lead the trailer. Trailers follow the truck. Justin Herbert is a damn semi, and he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the week, it seems. Now, has he had the stats to back it up? Honestly, he kind of has. But it should be a lot more if he had all his guys back. Trailer is led by the truck, and this Chargers team is led by Justin Herbert. As Justin Herbert goes, so does this team. And he saw it. And this whole team rallied for him. I have not seen this Chargers team in the last two years look as committed, aggressive, connected, complimentary as I have seen this past evening at SoFi. And it seemed, again, I'm not going to call it, maybe I'm wrong. It seemed like they were out there, all of them, playing for Justin. And what more can you ask for from your team and from your quarterback? To one, want to have your quarterback succeed. And to be a quarterback who's like that to where the team wants to be that guy. Like, I, I can't tell you how important games like this are not just to Justin, not just to the team, but just to like the psyche of like chargers universe. Like that seven and six is a hell of a lot different than six and seven. And the way they went seven and six with that statement made believers out of a lot of people who counted this team out already, including possibly you. (laughs) They weren't mathematical. Don't even try to spin this on me. All right. I'm, this, no, ain't, this ain't no spin city. Don't, no. don't even try to spin this around on me. You said season's over. You, you have thought that for weeks now. I said that the no. Chargers. Am I wrong? I said that the Chargers. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Playoffs <laughs> hopes were no. hanging on by a proverbial thread. So you're telling me. Automatically. You're telling me. Over. Wait, hold on. I'm not letting you off of the hook on this one. You've told, you're telling me that you have not said the season's over multiple times. Privately. In the last few weeks. Privately. Yes. Based based off of what I have seen, I again I told you there was I know, a reason I, that I was apologizing. I'm just saying I can only I can only see as far as what's in front of me. Okay, and yesterday was the first time that Staley actually showed me that he could adapt to putting his quarterback in the best situation. To get in and win. Sometimes Herbert has to carry the damn thing himself and just say, "Screw it." Okay, I, I, I got to do this myself. Despite I'm, I'm going, what I'm, my my head coach's decisions are. I'm also going the other way, though. I'm going the other way. Like I, I'm more impressed with Staley with the way that he got that defense right. That's the other thing. The offense, like the offense, was good enough, but I still got problems. I still got problems there. I I got that you. defense was practically perfect. 
I got with you. that with that group. Yes, but again, I go back to Staley on this okay. because yes. as the defensive guru that people have criticized him for, to always kind of staying in his same type of package that he has been in defensively throughout the course of this year, not really showing much adaptation on how to take certain weapons away from the game, whether we're talking week by week, half by half, whatever that may be. Yesterday was the first time that I saw something like that. And from a defensive perspective, outside of one play here, one play here, that was four quarters of defense played with, as they say, a Chargers JV group. So I'm saying, can you use this? Can you build off of it? Because prior to it, I didn't think that you had this. Prior to it, I thought, we're at this point of the season, you kind of are what you are. This is two two games back to back. We're going up against two things that are juggernauts. Right. First one, so, you're going up against this air raid, if you will. Next week, you're going up against ground and pound. Again, that team's also sliding, but the Titans are still a tough, rugged football team. Now, I, w- Jay- I, w- I was just going to say, I will say this. Mike McDaniel did not do Tua Tungavailoa any favors by running the ball only 16 times in this game. <laughs> I guarantee we'll you it. when the Chargers play the Titans next week, they will run it more than 16 times. So how are you going to adapt to that? Now, the the this is what gives folks optimism, okay? Now, obviously, I don't have to tell myself this. I know this. It feels great. I get to actually say this after a win. Dan, you, you could wake up at 1.30 with pink eye and a sore throat, and somehow or another, you're going to be like, it's going to be a great At day. least it's not too pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'll find, you'll find some way to, to figure it out. But look, Jake, the, the Chargers 7-6, currently the 7th seed going into the Monday night game. We'll see what happens with the Patriots and the Cardinals. But currently, 7th seed or the 8th seed. Charger fan base is an honorary Cardinals fans. You know, nothing bad to say about Kyler Murray or D-Hop or any of those weapons. Honestly, I, I, like the, I, like, I like the Cardinals offense. With them all there, I kind of like them. Um, but why are folks optim- are optimistic now, Jake? Like, they just did that in a must-have-it game. We hear rumblings that now Donald Parham should be back this week. Bryce Callahan is practicing. Derwin James is day-to-day, but is also practicing. Sebastian Joseph Day, practicing. Joey Bosa's name started coming out there. We'll see. He's on the sidelines. He might be out there this week. We'll see what happens with the 21-day window. Rashawn Slater now named is coming out. Like, is there possibly a return for him? Like, these are some dudes. And if the Chargers can get their squad back healthy in the tournament somehow, and they're healthy? For the most part. Yes. They're as healthy as you can hope for, given what has transpired this entire season. Correct. Aside from what? Aside from JC Jackson and Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson. Those are probably the basically your players. entire interior defensive line depth. Yes. No, but, but, but I'm saying in terms of like star players, star players, like those are probably the two that you're still not going to have back. But if you're able to somehow get healthy, kind of man the fort, pile up these wins somehow, some way, find a way, and by week 16, 17, you got Keenan and Mike back, 
and Donald Parham and Gerald Everett are not playing. Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Mike Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. You've got Derwin James back. You've got Kenneth Murray, who's actually playing pretty darn good right now. And Drew Tranquil both going. Rashawn Slater might be back. Who knows? Trey Pipkins is looking like he might be able to come back soon. Your quarterback no longer has a rib injury, and it's showing. That's why you're optimistic. Your coaching staff just did that with the JV squad. The Chargers just need to handle their business these final four weeks of the season. You don't even have which, to you don't is, even have to worry about anything uh, else. Despite what no. may happen with the Patriots tonight, the Patriots still have the Raiders, Bengals, uh, Dolphins, and Bills. They're not left on their those. schedule. They're not winning all those. The the Chargers have the Jets to contend with, which they're beating up. Now they're starting to take a slide. They have to play the Bills this week. So that's, or I'm sorry, that was last week. They have another t- tough game that's coming up this week. Uh, so they're continuing to slide. So the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Dolphins play, are playing the Bills this week. That's what, sorry, they, that was the game I was looking for. The Dolphins are playing the Bills this week. So the Chargers' playoff hopes percentage wise is going up. All you have to do is worry about you. Dan, a couple weeks ago, we were just talking about it. It's like at this point, the Chargers are going to need help. Even if they were to finish the season 10 and 7, you're now in a position after winning this game against Miami. And if you can figure out a way to defeat Tennessee this week, you can grab that playoff key and hold it for the rest of these last four weeks. You can get in if you simply just handle your business with the opponents that are left on your season or schedule, excuse me. The Jet, the Jets are playing the Lions, who are now I think winners of five of six. Just beat the Vikings. Talk about one of the one of the top offenses in the league in terms of scoring points. My God, they were playing the Jaguars, who I believe just beat the Giants. I believe no, the Jaguars just upset the Titans. Titans. I'm sorry, that's what it was. Uh, they're playing the Seahawks and they're playing the Dolphins. They got maybe that's, two wins there. That's three out of four of those games are for teams that are hunting for playoff spots. Yep. Yep. So that's who you're competing against. You're going up. You're competing against the Jets and the Patriots right now. And the Patriots, for as much as we want to talk about them, uh, they're kind of that whole division's in a dogfight, really. But Patriots, all they have left are Bills. What's happening in there? Then you've got the. Dol- I'm sorry. You have the <laughs> Cardinals. Then you've got the Raiders. Next week, which we'll see. Then they close out the season against the Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills. They're not winning any of those last three, unless the Bills already have the one seed locked up. Chargers are playing, in comparison, pretty cupcake teams. They're playing a Titans team who's sliding, but still physical. They're still good. Then you're ending the season going up against three teams who are not good. Like... You should be feeling pretty good. Now, I know we've gone a little long here, Jake. Um, you saw Coach Staley give out game balls, so we kind of know his thoughts. Um, for you, one person on offense, one person on defense, who would you who are you giving game balls to? You know, I, t- I tossed this up between – I mean, because obviously the, the usual answer would be Justin Herbert. And I was tossing this up between – and it has to be. I think everyone right. will say that. So I, I'm just going – it's kind of going to be like an honorary 
person because obviously Justin Herbert would be my, my guy on offense. I, I've been really tossing this up between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as far as who really showed out. And I, I got to lean towards Keenan, and I'll tell you why. That fourth quarter drive where, where <laughs> it just became 10 to 13 and that pass connection that literally when you're watching that live – I told you this offline, Dan, it, that it looked like it was a glitch in Madden it, because the ball just looked like it went directly through the defender and somehow ended up in Keenan's hands. And until they showed the replay of it traveling all the way to the back shoulder of Keenan right along the sidelines, you're just thinking, wait a minute, he caught that? He did what? 12 receptions on 14 targets for 92 yards for Keenan Allen. I mean, Six receptions, 116 yards and a touchdown for Mike Williams. Just talk about just the difference maker that he was making on key third down plays or on key catches like that to keep gotta have it. I mean, granted, Mike Williams, acrobatic catch over Xavier Howard was beautiful. Catching the back of the end zone, beautiful. My, Mike Williams is my guy, by the way. 50, I'm talking about Mike Williams. 50-yard bomb, beautiful. Let's not forget what Josh Palmer did. Two okay. catches along the sidelines with the toe tap that looked like it was it didn't hit and then it did hit. And thank then, goodness, thank goodness for Pebbles. And then right, just caught it right along the sideline, fell on his back, but still caught it, kept that drive alive. But Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen connection to finish off that game in that last drive. And and like you said, the moxie that was going on is like, ah, that throw, that catch, you know, that type of thing. It's like that was really the connection that sealed it. Defensively, Dan. It's, it's so weird because of what you saw with essentially a JV squad. You could give this to a number of different people. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to give this to Michael Davis. And despite the fact that he tripped over Tyreek Hill to give up that 60-yard bomb, whether he was covering Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams had himself a game. Mike Davis. Or excuse me, Mike Davis had himself a game. And was staying with these receivers all game long. Again, literally forcing of, them out of bounds. At part times. of yes, part of the defensive plan that all collectively worked together with everybody having great coverage on all of the possible receivers that were out there for Miami. But Michael Davis, Dan, it's not just yesterday; it's over the last several weeks. We talked about Michael Davis being one of those guys that was on, you know, the the prove it list. We had six players. Trey Pipkins was another one that was part of that list as well, but Mike Davis was definitely one of them as far as guys that needed to step up. And Damn. in a situation where you have lost J.C. Jackson and your whole defensive backfield has now shifted, Michael Davis has put in the work in the offseason and has come to play. and had- With no, Bry- no Bryce Callahan, no Derwin James, no J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis has turned into... Your CB one A and B. Yes. So put him in Asante Samuel Jr. Sorry for my elaboration there, Dan. Please, your best offense and defense. Offense, I'm going Mike Williams. I thought going into this game, of obviously Justin, but then after Justin, I think I'm going Mike Williams. And the impact that he has on this team, I think, is sorely forgotten at times. Because he does things that no one else can do. Like he has like those cheat code things where defenders just put your hands up. Like what do you you gotta tip your hat? 
Yeah. Let him go. The throws that Justin Herbert can throw to him and only him, you cannot overstate how important they are. Last week, you saw that kind of sideline throw through to a 5'7 DeAndre Carter that ended up being an incomplete pass. This week was Mike Williams. Came down with all of them. Mike Williams back in the end zone. 6'4. Touchdown. Anybody else on this Chargers offense probably isn't catching that outside of Donald Parham. The 50-50 ball, 80-20 balls that he brings you. The physicality that he brings you. This offense needs him to be what it is. And you saw... Brand Staley afterwards talked about this too. The movie looks different, he said, when Mike Williams is out there. And you saw when Mike Williams, Keenan, and Allen are out there, you saw them spread guys, spread the ball. I think it was to nine different receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Stone Smart, Joshua Kelly, Trey McKinney, DeAndre Carter. Nine guys receiving targets in that game. That's the way Chargers win. Four receptions for Josh Palmer, eight for Austin Eckler, 12 for Keenan, six for Mike Williams for a buck 16 and a 55-yard bomb, taking the top off the defense. So I'm going Mike Williams because look how different that offense looked with him out there. We saw it was just him and Keenan, Justin and Keenan last week. Add Mike Williams to this. I'm not saying Mike Williams is better than Keenan Allen, but for that game, Mike Williams had to step up, and he did. On defense, I struck. I'm using my barometer, Jake. I'm going to kind of go with who I think outperformed expectations for mine. And I struggled to decide between two players. Jazeer Taylor, big moment, big moment. Rookie taking over for Bryce Callahan, which those are huge shoes to fill. Bryce Callahan has been a stud. This season for the Chargers. Against this receiving core? Damn right. Jazeer Taylor and Lohi Gilman. Both of those guys, considering who they were replacing and what the variance is from Derwin James to a Lohi Gilman. And going from a Bryce Callahan to a rookie who's done nothing other than special teams to be put in that spot. For those two guys to perform that well under pressure from jump. First play, Alohi Gilman out there flexing on him after he has a pass breakup on Tyreek Hill. Desir Taylor played slot like he's been out there. I think it was someone who was saying, like, oh, it's cool as the other side of the pillow. Staley said that. Scott. Well, I, I'm sorry. Staley said the quote, but then whoever tweeted that quote, I can't remember who it was. They Yes, they shouted out Stuart, uh, Stuart Scott. You, to just have Jazir Taylor and Alohi Gilman shut down. Again, with help, but shut down Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mike Gusecki. What? N- nobody except inside that locker room expected it. So that's who I give my game balls to. Jake, we can go on this for, for days. And this one was a feel-good moment for lots of Chargers fans, lots of vindication, lots of hope and optimism, and lots of folks and their feelings, both good and bad, depending on which side of the fence you are uh, this, in these fans bases that were playing yesterday, but Jake, the Chargers found a way. They found a way. Seven and six. Four games left. You have the over. You think they get at least ten. We'll see. 
Chargers have been in these kinds of positions before, and they rip your heart out. They have done so, and I, I know. Do. I'm, I'm not saying this right now. It's Dan Wolkenstein. Yep, just remind. I know. Me. So please continue. They have ripped the hearts out of many, but they've also ripped their own hearts out. Like they feel this too, and I know Chargers fans. They want this. You don't think the team wants this? You don't think the team wants to buck all these trends? And they also know the trends that have historically happened with this team. They're in the position again. They're in the driver's seat. They control their destiny. Like, it's on them. They're getting healthier. Support the team. You got a month, okay? Support the team. Go to SoFi. Watch the game against the Rams. Go to SoFi. Watch this game against the Titans. Cheer on the Chargers. Give them some support. Hell, even if it's for nothing, give them one month of full support. And rally with this team. They're getting healthier. They just had their best performance of the year. We wish you see more of it, but we still got it once. Maybe we can get it twice. Chargers are doing okay right now. And the coaching staff, especially on defense and a head coach, is stepping up. And that's what that's all you can ask for in December. That's all you can ask for. But you cannot overstate how important, how pivotal this game against the Titans is. Coming up, but we're going to talk about it. Jake, anything else you want to talk about the great friends, talk to the great friends about before we log out on this long overwinded, long overdue, but oh, deservedly so. Episode. Deservedly so. Absolutely. Uh, just got to keep going. As Herbert said, starts today. Starts today. So celebration can only last so long because, you know, if the, if the NFL, especially as a Chargers fan, was just a one-week season, and you just took this week to celebrate, you'd be feeling pretty good. But like Dan mentioned, there are still games ahead as it relates to the playoffs. So can you build off of what you did yesterday? Shout out to Justin Herbert, who now has the most passing yards in the first three seasons of any quarterback in NFL history. Uh, your Chargers win against the Miami Dolphins, 23-17, approved to 7-6, currently the 7th seed, making a playoff push. We'll see what they can do. We'll talk to you guys next time on Chargers Unleashed.